All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Philosophy of Fitness podcast, episode number 26. My name is Haley. I'm going to be your host today and every single day that you are tuning in. Guys, we got a fun one today. I'm going to be doing a Q&A. This is my second Q&A. So I asked you guys on Instagram to ask me some questions, what you're curious about in terms of health, fitness, mindset, etc., etc. Um, so I'm super excited for that. Before we get into it, if you're watching this, I've made some updates to my little studio space here and I have some exciting things to share with you down the pike so definitely stay tuned for that but I've got a new desk here absolutely been loving it I've got some acoustic paneling that I've hung up on the other side of the wall which is really exciting um so I have some cool projects coming up like I said definitely stay tuned uh be on the lookout for that but yeah guys today is going to be kind of just a casual little sit down Q&A advice time etc cetera, etc cetera. I can't believe we're already almost done with October that to me is um really mind-blowing. I've got this lovely little pumpkin cappuccino candle, and it's actually shaped like a cup, which is super cute. Uh, If you're watching this, you can see. Um, If you're listening to this, remember, you can always watch it on YouTube. Get the full experience. YouTube.com slash Haley Noel. But yeah, without further ado, I picked out a couple of the top questions that I got from you guys. Um, So we'll go ahead and dive into that starting now. All right. So the first question here, Ariana asks, what does your diet consist of? I have trouble figuring out what to eat, how much, etc. So this one is a bit multifaceted. So for those of you that are listening to this, um, you may or may not know that I'm gluten free. Um, I haven't been diagnosed with celiac or anything like that. I just found out over time that gluten really doesn't agree with me. So that is the biggest probably thing about my diet that I would say first and foremost is that I am gluten free. So for me, that cuts out a lot of carbs and a lot of more refined processed foods like right off the bat, your pizzas, pastas, all that kind of stuff. I can't even have it. So it really eliminates a whole realm of temptation. I mean, there is obviously a gluten free alternative to all that stuff, but As a whole, I really don't eat that kind of food on a regular basis. I mean, I obviously do sometimes. I have a smoothie every single morning for breakfast. Um, I'm a really big fan of Vega protein. And while I myself am not a vegan, it is a vegan protein. um, And I really like that. I blend that with a banana. I'll usually freeze the banana so that it's nice and cold. And then I'll put in some almond butter, peanut butter, whatever I have. I like the Trader Joe's uh, nut butters. Huge fan. Shout out Trader Joe's. Um, And then I'll put in greens powder, uh, cacao powder, which is really awesome. It's actually really good for helping to open your third eye for all of you spiritual folks out there. Um, So that's something that I've incorporated into that as well. And then I'll throw in some ice cubes. Um, Yeah. And that's what I have for breakfast. And then for the rest of the day, I really honestly varies. Um, I'm a big chicken fan. I love chicken. I eat steak, um, ground turkey, ground beef. It kind of just depends on what's available. Um, I don't know if anyone else has noticed this. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I've gone to the store uh, the past few times that I've tried to get ground turkey and ground meat, and it's been really gross. Like, it doesn't taste like it's normally supposed to, and I know that that sounds, like, really weird, but it's really off-put me from ground turkey, and I've had a couple problems with ground turkey since the pandemic has started, and I'm really not sure like what the connection is. Um, but yeah, I haven't really been a fan of that as much lately. So I'll usually stick to like a whole cut of meat so that I know it's real. Like I know it's, you know, actually a piece of meat. Um, so like chicken, chicken thighs, I eat a lot of those. Um, sweet potatoes, rice, asparagus. I love Brussels sprouts. I'm a huge Brussels sprouts fan. Um, so that's kind of like what I eat as an overview. Um, 
I tried to eat pretty healthy, you know, regularly. I'm also someone that really does allow myself to indulge like when I want to. Like I don't ever really have like a designated cheat day. I'm not somebody that um, really believes in that. But like if I want a treat at night, like I'll have like a couple pieces of chocolate or something or, you know, if I want to um, get a burger or something like I'll get it and then I'll just go back on track for the next meal and I don't beat myself up over it. I think that a lot of people sometimes have this heavy guilt that's associated with certain foods that they eat and I don't really think you have to carry that guilt. Like you're labeling it, you're identifying it as something that's guilty, whereas it's something that you should enjoy like every so often. So um, yeah, that mentality comes into play for me a lot with diet. But I'm trying to think. My biggest tips for somebody that's trying to figure out um, what to eat, how much to eat, is to listen to your body. We have a wealth of knowledge within us and your intuition is usually always spot on. So like... For me, with gluten, um, I really had to listen to my body and listen to the signs to kind of do the math and figure out that like gluten was something that didn't work for me. Um, it made me really bloated. I had terrible heartburn, terrible acid reflux, um, and just a whole other slew of you know symptoms where it was a sign that it's like my body's like, we don't want this. Like this is not good for you. Um, and it was through trial and error. I had cut out a couple other foods. I basically did an elimination diet. So I figured out, you know, what I was sensitive to. I thought maybe it was dairy, but it wasn't. I really don't have a problem with dairy. Um, if you think that you could be, you know, uh, sensitive to something, uh, obviously I'm not like a doctor or nutritionist, but I would suggest maybe doing an elimination diet, trying it out. Um, if you think, you know, you'd be surprised what your body knows, like what you really know deep down. Um, and it would surprise you. And then in terms of figuring out how much to eat, there's tons of apps out there where you can track that. Um, my Fitbit I use sometimes to track my meals. Um, I will like put in the disclaimer that at least for me personally, sometimes I find I can get a little too obsessive over the numbers and the macros and the balance when I track like every single meal. So if you want to do that, maybe just for a couple of weeks to kind of see where you're at, see what you're putting into your body, see what that breakdown is of fats, carbs, and proteins. That's great. Um, for me, I just mentally, like I don't do it every single day because I can't even keep up with that. But sometimes it's nice to just track it to kind of see where you are, see where you're at, how much you're putting in. Maybe there's sneaky calories that are coming in that you wouldn't really have thought of. And, and then you can kind of like see that in front of you um, to get a breakdown of where you could maybe cut something out. Um, so that would be my advice is to start small, you know, start with tracking, you know, just a couple weeks elimination diet, I think is a great place to start as well. Figure out what works for you, what doesn't. Um, but if you're really serious about, you know, finding a diet that's right for you, um, diet to me, again, these are all my opinions is very much not a one size fits all kind of gig. So everybody and everybody is different. I've said this many times before. So one diet might work great for a person over here. They might be a vegan and that might really work well for them. But the other person might be following a uh, paleo or carnivore diet and that really works for them. So you kind of just have to figure out what works best for you. And in order to do that, you have to listen to your body. You have to listen to what works for you, what doesn't. Um, and if you're looking for an outside opinion, you can always go to a dietitian or a nutritionist and uh, get a second opinion. But yeah, I hope that helps. Um, diet is something that I try not to mentally stress over too much because, um, you know, as I was growing up and, and younger, I, I really struggled with like the relationship with food kind of thing. Like mentally, I would do crash diets and I, you know, had this feeling of like guilt whenever I would have a cheat meal. Um 
And that's something that we we identify the food as. So um, try to try to think about how you view food. View it as something that's fueling you, that's serving your your highest good, rather than um, like a punishment um, or like a cheat, like a sinful thing. Um, yeah, that would be my advice. All right. Next question here. Uh, Kevin asks thoughts on nitrate. So I actually had to uh, see what this was, and this person had sent me a picture of it. So basically, nitrate is an overnight fat-burning supplement. So if you have been following me for a while, you probably know that I'm not the hugest fan of fat burners, you know, um, metabolizers, all that kind of stuff, Um, just because there's so much that goes into those supplements, right? I kind of use that term loosely, that we really don't know what we're putting into our bodies. And fun fact for you all out there, the supplement industry is actually not regulated by the FDA. So a lot of people are able to slip really sneaky, really uh, nasty, you know, under the table stuff into those supplements in order to make them work. I think there was a huge um, case with someone in Florida that had a company and their products were laced with something Um, And the person went to jail for it. So I'm not saying that that's what this is. But my personal opinion is um, that kind of stuff. It's a short term fix. Um, And I also think that you don't need it. I think that you can achieve the same effect of that with proper diet, proper exercise, nutrition, proper sleep. Um, And also think about your overall health, right? Like think about your health as an entire being. We're not just focusing on the aesthetic purpose of being shredded and having a six pack and, you know, being super jacked. Like there's also the internal health aspect of it, in which case you really want to be very mindful of what you're putting into your body. I mean, our body is our vessel in this in this life, in this existence, and we really owe it to ourselves to treat it the best that we can. So um, clean ingredients. I mean, I haven't really seen the ingredients in this product in particular, but if you are interested in like fat burners and stuff, really just try to do your research. See if you can trace the origins of where the people who have created the supplement are sourcing their ingredients from. Um, And just really do your research. Do your due diligence before you purchase something. Um, Even if someone has, you know, recommended something to you, just do the research for yourself. That would be my biggest advice when it comes to any of that kind of stuff. All right. Next question here. Eric asks, have you heard of the Wim Hof, Hof method? And I have not heard of this, so I actually had to go ahead and look it up. And basically, um, if anybody listening is familiar, so Wim Hof, also known as the Iceman, is a Dutch extreme athlete noted for his ability to withstand freezing temperatures. He has set Guinness World Records for swimming under ice and prolonged full-body contact with ice and still holds the record for a barefoot half-marathon Oh my gosh, on snow and ice. Wow. Okay. So this guy is pretty crazy. So I think um, the inspiration maybe behind the Wim Hof method, if I'm correct in assuming this, is that idea of ice plunge tanks, cold plunge tanks, something of that sort. Um, I've never heard of this man before. I mean, I think I've heard of him, but I just, I wasn't sure what his name was. This is super interesting to me. So he did a half marathon barefoot. Um really interesting stuff. So apparently he's proven that you can control your immune system um, and achieve natural highs and greater focus and withstand the cold. And he's actually won Guinness World Records. So that's actually really impressive. Um, I'd be very curious to research this a little bit more. I know there's someone else similar to him, but on the opposite side of the spectrum, there's uh, somebody that can also withstand extreme heat. Um, And I've seen him 
on like Guinness records or something, um, you know, sitting in the sauna for crazy amounts of time. Um, but this is pretty cool. Uh, definitely something to explore. I haven't really fully done my research into the Wim Hof method or, you know, uh, what exactly it does for us, but it basically just seems like you really drop your body temperature and the purported benefits here, uh, boost your immune system. Like I said, improve your performance, relieve pain and stress, recover faster, improve cold tolerance. Well, that's a, a given, um, improve CO2 exchange and oxygen exchange, Reduce resting heart rate and use breath to create energy. Interesting. Um, I'd have to look into that. Leave me a comment if you have ever tried a cold plunge tank or anything of the sort. If you tried the Wim Hof method um, in some size, shape, or form, I'd be very curious to hear. Um, I would probably try it out. It sounds like it would definitely be super challenging because I get cold pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, I'd be curious to, uh, to hear. Let me know. All right. Elizabeth asks, I want to get into strength training. I only do cardio, but I don't know where to start. Girl, I feel you. I was totally in the same position when I first got into fitness. I was such a cardio rat. Um, I would really only go to the gym to run or to do like an hour on the elliptical. And I would totally just ignore the entire uh, weights section of the gym. And I didn't realize what a disservice I was doing for myself by not even incorporating strength training. And I think that that's an assumption among a lot of women is, you know, you just kind of assume that cardio is is what we want to do, right? To get lean and to get slim or whatever, you know, toned. Um, but cardio alone is not going to get you there. If you really want to build your ideal physique, your ideal shape, you have to incorporate strength training. And I've talked about this on the podcast before that sometimes women fear that they're going to get bulky if they lift heavy weights or they're somehow going to look too masculine if they start lifting weights. But I am here to tell you that that is false. That is not true. If you're lifting weights, you're sculpting your body. So you kind of think of it as like your body is a statue, right? And by lifting weights, you're sculpting it to the shape that you want it to be. So I noticed the biggest change in my body in terms of my shape, my physique, everything when I started lifting weights. And it was totally this whole other side of you know, working out in fitness that I hadn't even tapped into and my whole body shape changed. Whereas before I was just doing hours of cardio and really plateauing and not seeing results. And I think something that's important to remember too is that the more we lift weights, the more muscle that we build, the more calories that we burn at rest. So you're actually going to be doing yourself more of a dis, uh, disservice just by doing so much cardio because you're not building that muscle. And the building of the muscle is what allows you to make the shape of, of yourself that you want. It allows you to, you know, actually become lean and toned. That doesn't just come from cardio. It comes from building muscle because the muscle also like tightens up and brings everything in. You think about your waist, your booty. If you're trying to build a booty, right? You can't build a booty on the elliptical. You have to lift weights. You have to incorporate the strength training. So that being said, I think that a really good starting point would be to start off honestly with bodyweight exercises um, that are slow and controlled that activate your muscle groups just so you can understand that connection a little bit. So I'm talking about squats, lunges, um, push-ups, even hip bridges, some kind of bodyweight exercise. You can start to connect with that aspect of yourself and you'll start to kind of feel that. Um, that's like a super beginner level, right? Is just the bodyweight exercises. And then from that point on, start small. Small steps always add up to big change. So start off small with how heavy you're lifting. Maybe it's five pound weights that you're using for a bicep curl and you just 
feel that and you start to understand that connection of like when you're lifting into the bicep curl, what you're activating, what you're actually doing, what the purpose is behind that movement and really um, strengthening your mind-body connection through that lifting. So if you're looking to start off with strength training and you really just don't know where to go, you don't know what to do, you can start at home. If you have resistance bands, resistance bands are another great way to build strength and you can do it in your home. You can do it anywhere. Um, especially with the quarantine, we've had to get really creative, right? With ways that we can, you know, challenge ourselves and push our limits. And if you don't have access to a gym or you're not too ready to, you know, sign up for a gym to weightlift, you can just find stuff around your house to use. Man, during this quarantine, I found a jug of bleach in my house that was like 30 pounds and I was using that for a lot of different exercises. So just get creative with it. There's different ways that you can challenge your limits, but eventually, obviously you want to, Uh, Make your way to the gym if you can. My advice, too, would be to start on the machines. So like your lat pull down machine, um, you know, uh, leg press, anything like that. Start off on those machines because they're a little bit more low stakes. They're more controlled. um, And I think they're a little bit easier to use. And then after that, you can maybe progress to dumbbells. Um, and then kettlebells from there and then just kind of like keep progressing, but start with those machines too, because they're really good at also just focusing on like one muscle group at a time so that again, you can really focus on building that connection and understanding how it feels to properly activate, uh, the muscle that you're trying to work. But yes, strength training. So, so, so important. Um, it's, it's like essential, honestly, Um, And I view strength training now almost as more of a priority than cardio used to be, whereas it used to be the other way around for me. So, yeah, start small. Um, You got this. You know, Uh, don't be afraid to don't be afraid to walk into the gym. Everybody had like their first, you know, the guy you see that's like doing 500 pound deadlifts like he started somewhere like everybody started somewhere. So don't feel afraid. Don't feel embarrassed that you you don't know what you're doing. Ask a friend to come with you. Find a video on YouTube on your phone and and watch it before you, you know, try the movement yourself Um, and you'll be fine. That's my advice. All right. So Ryan asks the best book you'd recommend for fitness. Hmm, that is a really good question. Um, in terms of fitness, I mean, obviously there's books that I've read kind of about the technical aspects of fitness, like my personal training materials and so forth, but that's obviously not going to be of much interest to you. But uh, if you listen to this podcast, you guys know how much the mind-body connection means to me, how much mindset means to me. And I think that the biggest, most pivotal book uh, slash movie that kind of bridged that gap for me was The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. Um, And I'm sure some of you are familiar with that movie. It's also a book as well, but it's basically the high level overview of the law of attraction and how our thoughts become our become our reality Um, and how we are such powerful creators of what we experience. And it was once that I really fully embraced that understanding that everything changed for me um, in terms of fitness in my life. And it's literally why I'm doing this podcast. Like I tore away and I had to spend so much time to unlearn all of these limiting beliefs that I had put on myself in terms of my fitness goals and how I viewed myself, what I thought I was worthy of, what I thought I was capable of. And once I took a step away from that and I started reprogramming my mind, my inner game, as I like to call it, that's when everything started falling into place for me. And I was able to challenge myself in ways that I never thought possible and really just like grow and expand um, 
and continue to grow and expand. And, and it's a continued learning experience too. But that book so totally opened my eyes. Um, whether you're spiritual or not, I highly recommend reading The Secret. Um, and try to think about everything that you read in that book, like through the lens of fitness. Like think about how, for example, I used to never view myself as a runner, right? Like I used to think I was a terrible runner. I used to think I could never run more than a mile at a time. I was the last kid in middle school to finish the mile. Like it was, I was so bad at running. And once I discovered the secret and I was like, wait a minute, I am totally tearing myself down, putting that negative belief on myself. And I stepped away from that. And then I just started embodying the identity of somebody who enjoyed running, somebody who was a runner, somebody who uh, thrived on that, somebody who had endurance and power. And all of a sudden, like I just started, you know, living as if uh, that was who I was. And then it just became who I was. Um, and I was able to lose, you know, 30 pounds, like p applying the law of attraction to my fitness goals. So I think the secret would just be my total... Uh, main book recommendation. I know it's not technically a fitness book, but in my opinion, I really do feel that a lot of the teachings in there could be applicable to your fitness goals. So if you haven't checked it out yet, please definitely check it out. All right. And our last question, Chris asks, what do you do with crystals? Another great question. So I am a huge fan of healing crystals. And if you've been listening, if you've been following me for a while, you know that um, my biggest way that I use healing crystals is with meditation. So it's a very personal thing. You know, not everybody does that. Um, but when I meditate, I like to surround myself with crystals or hold them in my hand. And crystals are a great way to ground our energy. Um, I'm really still trying to educate myself on all different types of crystals and the benefits of them. But I can tell you that as a whole, um, crystals uh, allow us to balance ourselves a little bit more. They aid in balancing our chakras. Um, so for example, like I, when I meditate, I like to use rose quartz because rose quartz is known to help you manifest love, like self-love, love for others, uh, attracts love into your life. Um, different crystals have different meanings and they are certainly a great grounding material. And um, I like to surround my space with them as well. I feel like they energetically cleanse and balance the space. Um, and to kind of go off of that, I use Himalayan salt lamps as well to purify the air. So I have a couple of Himalayan salt lamps in my house and um, they help to purify the air in the same way that crystals help to kind of um, alleviate negative energy. And another big thing too is that um, all the technology that we're surrounded by emits energy as well. So certain types of crystals can help to mitigate that energy. So they really have a lot of different benefits. Um, and I can tell you an interesting little tidbit. Um, I have meditated with my rose quartz before and when I'm done, I've only had this happen a couple times, so I don't want to make this sound like it's, you know, an everyday occurrence for me, but I've had a couple times where I am, you know, laying there and I can feel the rose quartz in my hand, like a slight pulsation, um, or vibration coming from the crystal. And, um, I do totally believe in the power of healing crystals. Um, like I said, it's something I'm looking to explore a lot more. But for me, I feel a lot more uh, grounded, centered, and balanced when I meditate with them. And I also just like to have them around knowing that I'm surrounded by technology all the time, especially in my bedroom, to kind of just emit any of the frequencies that are coming from the technology. 
Um, and yeah, just like overall to help me ground a little bit more and not to mention they're beautiful, right? Like they are so beautiful. They're so captivating. Um, and you can think about what crystals you're drawn to as well. Like intuitively, it might be a sign of what you're needing a little bit more, um, in your life. Uh, sometimes, sometimes that is just like a sign, right? Is what are you drawn to? Like if you're drawn to a certain crystal, like if you're drawn to the rose quartz, you might like need a little bit more, you know, self-love or you might like want to have that. Um, so yeah, I hope that that answers your question. Um, yeah, they're, they're multi-use for me, but mainly, like I said, I use them for meditation. All right. So that is all of the questions that I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button as well. If you enjoyed this, that really helps me out. Let's YouTube know that you've enjoyed the video. Um, And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead, drop me a review, drop me a rating. That also so helps me out. Let's Apple know that you're enjoying the podcast. Um, And yeah, that is all I have for you guys today. Until next time, I'm sending you so much health, wealth, success, happiness, and love. And I will see you next time.